Welcome to the Honest EP Podcast. We're the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diversities in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches, and joining me as always is Allied Health Business Owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. Andrew, we're about to crack a beer, but we also have a guest. We'd like to introduce our guest. We do. Then we can crack the beer. Who is also cracking a beer, which is lovely. Uh, we are very excited to have Michael Risk joining us today. Uh, Mick, you, you have a very long CV uh, and you do so many different things that I feel like I would do it an injustice to, to try and do it in 30 seconds. For those that don't know you, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? Um, I don't know how that, it, it sounds so existential. I, I'm a physio by trade, but that's not who I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually did exercise science first. Uh, that was my first degree, which makes this conversation more interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was convinced not to be an AEP by my lecturer, which we can get into. Um, it's really interesting at that point. And then did the Masters of Physio. I practiced for three years in Sydney and opened my own physio clinics called iMove Physio, which is different to iMove You. People get that mixed up. Um, iMove Physio are our clinics. We've got four or five clinics in Sydney. And then as I was transitioning from uni to private practice, I just started this Facebook group called iMove You, where we spoke about physio issues. So that's still going. Through that, the guys at the Physio Network podcast found me and said, do you want to host the Physio Network podcast? I'm like, hell yeah, I get to talk to like the best physios around the world, which was really cool. Uh, and about three years into business, when I knew we had no idea what we were doing, we found Clinic Mastery, who helped grow clinics for good. And that that kind of culture and vibe really aligned with me. Um, what I liked about Clinic Mastery is they weren't like super profit-centered like other business coaches. They spoke a lot about team and culture. So we got coached by a company called Clinic Mastery, and then they invited myself on to be a mentor with Clinic Mastery. Uh so they're the four roles and then Pokemon cards and cryptocurrency is probably my <laughs> fifth and sixth job, which I could do a whole podcast on crypto if you if you want to have a financial episode. Uh, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> it might be a bit of a one-sided conversation. It sounds like you need to crack a beer though, Nick, so we'll do it as well then. Uh, cheers. What, what, cheers. What are you drinking today? Uh, this is a James Squire from... 2018, I reckon. It was really <laughs> deep in the fridge. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. What do you guys got? Um, Andrew's bought one for us today. What have you got us? This is, uh, I, I found this at the local IGA. Um, it's called a Wanderer. Um, I just got it because the can looks really good. I don't know anything good. about it. It does look very good. Um, it is nice. It seems to be, it's a nomad collaboration with Sydney Brewery. Um I don't know if they mean like Nomad Brewery or they mean Nomad Restaurant. And if those are two different things, I'm not sure. Uh, but, it's, but it's quite good. It's quite enjoyable. Very happy with it. Good, good, well done. Good job. Well done, beer. Well done, Nomad. Well done, beer. There you go. So, Mick, we, we sort of wanted to get you on to learn about this APA statement. Archie and I had done a, a podcast episode, uh, a previous podcast, which was about... Um, the EP side of that story. Um, and we're really curious with, with all of the hats that you do wear and all of the voices that you hear, um, what's your take on the APA statement? 
around the valuing mm -hmm. skills um, and comparing physios to EPs. Yeah, it's weird. I had like many takes, and I'm interested in the like the many hats and what we've heard because I've heard a lot of different things from a lot of different people. Like I think there's a business owner perspective. I think there's a physio perspective and EP perspective. I got a feeling there's a GP perspective in here somewhere. Um, my take on it, I posted a little bit on the I'm of You Facebook group, but I was, yeah, I was kind of confused. My first thought is like, why did they do this? And and I'm still curious. Like, I wonder if it was just like a meeting one day and they said, we need to do a valuing skills series. And then someone said, let's talk about the difference between physio and EP. Or I wonder if it was more fear-based, like, hmm, like EPs are starting to like get more EPC referrals. And now on ground, when you get an EPC for physio, it might be like two physio and three EPs. Like that's something that's happening on ground, which I reckon might be part of this whole thing. Or I wonder if like, I wonder if the AMA um, doctors and the medical profession were seeking clarity and they're like, okay, so how do we provide clarity? Hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I am really curious. Um, my initial take is it did just feel scarcity. Like it didn't, it didn't do what the title said. Like it didn't really value skills. It was more, it just tried to make comparisons without really talking about the skills. The main point seemed to be regulation, right? Yeah, yeah, it did. And I, I thought even the parts where they tried to uh, provide a good summary of what physios do really well kind of reduced uh, what I thought physios do into perform specific types of manual therapy and uh, clinical exercise prescriptions. Like, what well, physios do way more than just that. And they tried to summarize mm. everything into two sentences. And I think they ended up doing a disservice to uh, to to both parties they were trying to give a good comparison about yeah i agree and that's what i mean it didn't do the thing it set out to do which was value skills um but i want the context is important like i'm really curious what the thoughts were going into it it might have just been an honest it could be i don't think it was it might have just been like someone in marketing who had an attempt at it and it was terrible like it might have just been a mistake or a fail i wrote i wrote that as one of the things that could be a possibility um and also not to, uh, I went into depth, of, like, I don't want to bag the APA. Like, they have done, for for the first time in my career, the, what the APA has done in the last three years, I was blown away. And I'm like, I'm so glad we have a professional body looking after us. And that's the power of a professional body and to fight for us to be an essential service and genu genuinely kept business owners and team members in work. Um so I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and go, this was maybe just a balls up, but um, it didn't feel that way, did it? It felt kind of targeted and specific. A little bit. And um, look, I, I, I peruse a lot of LinkedIn and there's obviously a lot of EPs with pitchforks and torches out there. Uh, and it's a little, uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite uh, angry and aggressive sometimes and some of it's actually productive. Uh, but there's been one EP out there um, who uh, got to a point where she she tagged the board members of the APA uh, in a LinkedIn post saying, hey, can can we um, get an official statement on this from the APA and then um, uh, delete it and then collaborate on a new one? Uh, and they actually got a response from the APA on the LinkedIn post, which I thought was really, really interesting. And the, uh, uh, the response, I don't think it was quite what people were expecting, but it was 
Uh, thank you for your concern. We apologise you took it this way, uh, but what we're uh, we're going to stand our ground on this one uh, and go. This is what we meant to say. And I was like, oh, interesting. I've, mm. well, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more of a, um, I don't know, some kind of not not an apology. I don't don't think there, there'll be an apology of any sort. But uh, and we're open to collaborating on this, perhaps. That's interesting, and well done to that person. It, it's. I'm at least glad there was a response that like, that's good. Um, yeah, they stand their ground on this one. So it seems like they just really wanted to highlight the difference in regulation. Mm. So if, for them to say, oh, to stand the ground on this, they want to really highlight the regulation difference. So that's the, the other thought I have here is why don't they just say what physios are without saying what EPs are and why did they choose EPs and not, every other allied health that made it kind of interesting to me as well because mm. you could just say we're physios and we're really well regulated and we have to meet all these standards and that's why we're awesome like that it could have could have been that mm. Mm. eps are pretty kind of groundswell organization i suppose you know we we really stick together and um although some things have still got room for improvement like we do band together pretty well when mm. things like this happen. Um, but it seems physio is much bigger and much broader. Um, do you think do you think the general physio community thinks that this statement is accurate? Like I'm trying to gauge what what the the average physio is thinking about this. Are you an EP, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. We did you do exercise science, then become accredited and and oh. then did you do physio as well? No, I did a I did a Bachelor of Applied Science. Yeah. Health and Sports Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, that was just a tangent question for me. It had nothing to do with what you are, sorry. Um what do the average physio think about it? Well, in my response, I said I didn't think it was fair. I thought it was scarcity mindset. I thought it didn't value skills, but I posed the question, was it accurate? So maybe you guys can tell me, because I, I I, thought when I read it, I'm like, is all of this true as far as the regulation? I, actually, I genuinely don't know. So like what it said about EPs being regulated, I'm like, they're probably regulated differently under a different set of rules, but that, yeah, what's the truth in that part? It's yeah, we, it's an interesting it's an interesting comment because yeah. I think factually it's pretty true what's in the yeah. state. I think yeah. there's there's nothing factually incorrect about mm. it. It's the way that it was delivered. Yeah. I the perception that the the average punter on the street would take away from it. Mm. So, um in terms of like the regulation thing, instead of APRA, there is the 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 other national accredited therapy body, I can't remember what the exact thing is. We mentioned on our last podcast, um, yeah. but it's for some of the other therapies that don't fall into the ARPA regulations. Um, and, and I think we, we chatted about it on our last podcast, but the, the main reasons for that uh, we came across was more about like, well, we don't need to be ARPA regulated uh, for um, the reasons of like, you know, not necessarily need the, that level of insurance or that level of regulation to provide exercise for those mm. therapy. Um, and then in the statement, uh, instead of saying 
that they they don't fall EPs don't fall under the rules of um, or these regulatory rules under APRA. They just say they're not regulated under national law, <laughs> which is okay. just hilarious to to word it that way. <laughs> it's yeah. like we're just not regulated under any laws in the nation. Is is how it came across. I thought that was just a fucking yeah. way to just put a charge forward there under yeah. national law yeah like i don't even know what that means <laughs> what does that mean yeah anyway and then the the other things they say which um look is is technically true like we do provide um uh distinct forms of exercise uh to help people with chronic conditions like yeah that's absolutely right um i'm just not quite sure what distinct forms of exercise are <laughs> as opposed to what was written in the the other section describing what physios describe as clinical exercise prescription, um, as opposed to EPs providing distinct forms of exercise. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm unsure of why the wording is changing here between these two different things, uh, which are both technically true, but they're just kind of weird ways of wording the same thing uh, yeah. to make one sound like something and one sound like something else. Um, which is an interesting way to way to talk about. It. Yeah, I, I think it, we can assume, like we can only assume, but it feels like when you read those things, the assumption is that it was targeted and not mm. not like an honest mistake or without intent. Um, yeah. The, the regulation piece is interesting though because uh, you can be regulated, like you mm. can be a physio and be regulated and still do really poor practice. And you can be unregulated and do amazing practice. So I, I, I don't really think on ground that actually holds the standard or holds any weight. Because like, yeah, you know, I, I I know physios do some stuff that's, you know, not in best practice. Mm. Um, and I'm sure it's the same in every profession. And then I'm sure in EP, not being under APRA, there's still wonderful um, evidence-based professionals. You also get EPs doing absolute trash as well. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's not about like the profession so much as the individuals at the end of the day who you're seeing. Mm. Um, and that I almost, uh, for a lot of things, I'm I'm referring to a person rather than a profession a lot of the time because you get good eggs and bad eggs no matter what job you do. Do you think the statement was for patients or for the profession or for uh the medical body i'm really curious who the target audience was because i don't is a patient going to read that i don't even know how they attempt to get that out into the universe but i'd like i don't see that much stuff from the apa and i'm part of it all like I, I don't what do you guys think do you think it was actually meant for there's three options it was for patients and if a patient read that i don't think they would know like i don't even think they would read into that um if it was for the profession maybe it's like maybe they're being lobbied by physios and they're like, this will, you know, this will make it seem like we're helping physio and like we want to be seen to be helping and lobbying for physio. Or maybe I wonder if it was for a higher body, like the medical body or doctors saying, hey, what's the difference? What Do you guys have any inkling on that? Oh, I feel like it's the, the medical body one. Like it's the, the way it's worded, only really makes sense to me to be for a medical body or for GPs, that sort of thing, in terms mm. of like the, hey, you've got five EPCs sessions and yeah. 
how do you decide where you send them as a GP? It's like, well, look at this. And um, I'm going to send you to the regulated one. Yeah, yeah, send to one who have to abide by national laws. National law, yes. They, they, they won't end up in jail. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Can't see EPs. They're all in jail anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. Running away. Yeah. So that, that would make sense to me um, that it would be for GPs, which then to me makes the language and the, the points they made make more sense because they've tried to summarise things into to quick, short things, um, which, you know, GPs love, right? Like they just want... The shortest mm. stop points of all the answers. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that makes sense to me. I don't know, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I don't think it's for the general public. Mm. Um, and like you said, I don't know how you would disseminate this out into the, the public domain because it's a it's kind of an odd document to like yeah. leave in GP waiting rooms. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if there's going to be a follow-up here. Because from the correspondence that's come out, it's been like this is part of a series on valuing skills. Mm. What's um, next? I wonder who they're going to go. I'd love go to see next. them do physio versus Cairo uh, and see an absolute war start because that's a that's a war much older than physio versus EP. Um, yeah, I would love to see that and be a bystander in that one because I you know have no connection to it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. Mm. It'll be wonderful to watch. Mick, would be. Um, any other physios um, in your network and, and heard their uh, opinions on it? I think the active ones generally agree with what we're saying. Mm. I've noticed more the ones who aren't saying anything. Oh. And that, that, that I think that gives me a feeling that potentially there are some underlying tensions and that that they do want to be separated and they do want to have lobbying for this is what we do really well and this is what EPs do really well. And so maybe it like maybe it appeased some part in them that's like, well, it's really good to see the APA fighting for us. Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's my sense. I've had no one say that to me. But again, it's like I get to speak to such a large spectrum. Like I get to speak to grads every day. I get to speak to my mid-career physios every day. And then I get to speak to business owners. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I haven't spoken to a lot of people about it. Then the ones I have have generally been like, I didn't really understand it or why they did that. Mm -hmm. uh, physios, because it, it would be rare to find an EP at the moment who isn't aware of this because... Um, you know, EPs are the ones who 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 probably reacting most emotionally to it. Um, uh, are physios aware of this? We've got fifteen team members. I'd say eleven. Eleven of them are like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, and then yeah, there's there's been three or four conversations where they don't know. I've said, "Have you been across this?" And they're like, "No, I haven't." Um, I think it's Instagram. I think it's an Instagram thing. I think if you're following two or three or four of like the big pages on, on Instagram or the more modern pages, then you know about it. Hmm. Um, so it probably comes down to who you follow. Yeah. yeah. I saw Meekin's post, um, yeah. post about it, which I was like, oh, we're, we're leaving the country. And he's yeah. looking at the Australian Physiotherapy Association <laughs> from a different country. And he's an EP anyway, isn't he? Isn't yeah, that an yeah, yeah, just just get strong, you know. Yeah, Doesn't he do the physio without the hands on? Isn't that? <laughs> a... He's going to give me shit after this. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Then we'll get then we'll get out of me. It's on the podcast, and he can yeah. talk. <laughs> How good. Mine is up. 
That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Have you talked to any other business owners of, uh, about it, um, whether physio, EP, whatever, um, and are they aware of it? Yeah. Yeah, a few like my my wife Saranga showed me it. So she's a fellow business owner and a physio clinic down here in Melbourne. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The business owners are aware of it, and I think it's interesting because what what you said. I've tried. I try and read things with my different brains in. Like I I tried to come back to it the next day and read it in a completely neutral tone. <laughs> like you know when you read something and you're like this is spiteful and you make the voice up in your head. Um, and then like the second time I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, like, is that, my question was, is that factually correct? Which I was asking you guys like, yeah, I, like I know that part's true about physios, but I don't know if this part's true about EPs. I wonder if the reaction, if you didn't have the EP reaction, like you were saying, Andrew, the EP community is really tight and it was a really strong reaction. I wonder if most physios would have just looked at that and gone, oh yeah, like that's what it is. I, I think the reaction from the EPs has actually brought it up and had more people talking about it and then polarizing it, which is good. Like, that's good. But my, I think if that didn't happen, I reckon a lot of physios would just looked at it and go, oh yeah, we're regulated. Uh, they're not regulated or unregulated or breaking national laws every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, it's probably hard to know, isn't it? What what would have happened? Yeah. As I don't know if you, Andrew, you can separate your your EP brain from your business owner brain and and look at something like this uh, as someone who employs physios and EPs. Uh, if you saw this statement, not having an EP background, what do you think your uh, opinion or view would have been on it? I I think perhaps similar to to Mick what what he said before about trying trying to understand this from a like who is the intended audience for this because yeah we've 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 covered that already but i i just i don't quite understand why this exists i think it would hold a lot a lot more weight if there was collaboration on mm. like a, a joint statement on you know what it what differentiates the professions but then the challenge is that, you know, this statement obviously tries to draw a line between what one profession does and what another one does. And in reality, we know that that doesn't exist, that there's a huge overlap between, you know, what um, a physio that takes an active approach to treatment and what an EP does. Like, there, there's a huge overlap. So my EP brain says, like, the APA can say whatever they want. I don't really give two shits i'm still going to go and and like work with our referrers and, and our gps and things like this and say well, this is what rebound does this is what as an ep we do and they know what we do because we've done it for a long time and they'll continue to refer to us for that reason um so similarly the cairo board came out with a statement or the speech pathology association came like say whatever you want like when it comes to what it is we do day to day like the people that trust us and the people that know us will know that we do things and we do things a certain way we do things mm. we do things it's a good point like does it change any reality for our patients coming into the clinic and one one will they see it and if they see it would it would it change anything um, because generally 
yeah, people will see someone they know, like, and trust. And that's, that's that. It really doesn't matter your profession at that point. I Conversely, I wonder if there's a patient that's seen this who rings up and cancels their EP appointment. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, do you reckon there's anyone? Do you reckon there's <laughs> Do you reckon there's anyone out there? Oh be really I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes because there's enough out this enough of this out there on Instagram and LinkedIn that yeah. read it and um and go oh fuck well you know I might as well just avoid the controversy and go with the safe option. They'll get yeah. confused. They'll get very confused, and confusion leads to to <laughs> changes or making weird decisions, right? Yeah, it's a good point. It'd be really interesting. I'd love to hear if anyone listening has had someone cancel their appointment and cite this. But I read about the regulations. I mean, I have, like, no matter how hard I try to tell some of my clients that my my job title is exercise physiologist, some of them still refer to me as their physiotherapist mm-hmm. um, because they just they just don't understand that they're, they're two different words. And because, like, physiologists and physiotherapists are so close to people who don't do the things anyway and aren't medically yeah. That it's just fucking mumbo jumbo anyway. Um, yeah. and go, oh, I go to this person and they help me with my things, uh, mm-hmm. with my health. And it's like, cool. Yeah. I'll remind us, like, oh, exercise physiology. They're like, cool. cool, physiotherapy, great. I was like, oh, fuck, why don't I, I don't even bother at this point? It's, like, it's unbelievable. It just yeah. goes round and round in circles. I mean, never yeah. anywhere with it. What, what I think is really um, interesting is, I, to be honest, I don't think it, I think APA and and to agree, it's probably ESSA as well, are probably barking up the wrong trees in that they're, they're trying to quantify and say what the different professions do. Um, but every EP and physio practices so differently that I don't think you can summarise a whole profession like our ones uh, in a two-page document because... You know, the, the I move physios and the, the physio clinic down the road could be doing, well, no, are doing drastically different things, like significantly different things that the entire experience from walking in the door to sitting down with a practitioner to leaving um, is completely different. And you would not know a lot of time that they're the same profession because you do completely different things. And it's the same in EP. Like you could come in to see one EP and you would leave with a drastically different experience to a different clinic who's had the same training just down the road. So for to for, for the professional bodies to try and compare between different professions, like they they're at a point where they could be able to do they'd be able to do the comparisons between their own profession just in people who are working off different evidence bases. Um, yeah. they do better to try and educate their entire profession and bring up the, you know, the level of care across physios and across EPs. Um, Cause it's fucking wild out there. Like the, I talk to EPs um, or I get, you know, handovers from EPs in different cities and stuff. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. It's like, why have you been doing calf raises for, for nine months for this personal work cover for a lower back injury? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, and I'm sure that happens in in physio as well, Mick. But like, I, I don't know. What's what are some crazy things that that you've heard from physio clinics down the road? Or oh, is that a little too? Like, can you even talk about that? Yeah, I, I guess it comes down to like philosophical belief as well. Um, but there's yeah, like there's still 
physios who put you on on a machine for half an hour, put you on ultrasound or um, e-stim or whatever that might be. Um, there's still physios with really what I would consider like really biomedical beliefs. Like you have this problem because of this structure. Um, I would say more nocebic than than where we sit on the spectrum. Um, and, and I think over-servicing would pr probably be the other big thing is like, well, we'll get patients that have been seeing someone once a week for a really, really long time with seemingly no discharge criteria or date. Um, yeah, which it sounds like the same. It sounds like the same in, in both, in all professions. Yeah, it's exactly the yeah. same. One of my mates um, who I live with, you know, had a acute shoulder injury um, and went, went to see a physio and came home. I was like, oh, how'd it go? It's like, yeah, yeah, great. Um, they've uh, taped my back and I was like, oh, show me. And they'd literally put two bits of strapping tape just in a little cross between his uh, shoulder blades and then giving him a ball, gave him a ball to roll his uh, lat on one side because uh, they diagnosed scoliosis. Um, I was like, and that, that was that was the treatment plan for his shoulder injury. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so they've taped your back and given you a ball to roll your lat um, and told you you have scoliosis. I was like, dude, go to a different physio. Like, yeah, wow, wow. I mean, I, I, I've been thinking so much about that, uh, like what we hear... I'm curious about that. Is there a possibility that that was actually a wonderful consult or or is there a possibility that, that was the worst consult and they said you've got scoliosis and all the nocebic stuff and I'll put K-tape on you? And that, and that's maybe it's something we can get into later, but the, there's something in there that that gets translated to online, I reckon. Hmm. That it, I wonder if... I wonder if they gave all these beautiful um, explanations, narratives that we're going to get you out of this. You know, it's going to be, you'll be fine. There's no red flags here. Your body's strong and robust. We'll do X, Y, and Z. We'll get you nice and strong. But the takeaway was a bit of K tape and a ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or it could have been the worst consult ever. Like, you, well, who the, knows? The thing was, like, um, he came away and he was like, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, okay. That's right. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say why he thought it was good? Um it just like, felt good. Is is nice guy, seemed, seemed to help. You know, yeah. Um gave me some things to do. I was like, yeah. cool. great. And yeah. I like, yeah, said he said the tape would work. And I believe it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Look, it probably will, give it enough time to recover, and it, and it probably will end up working. Um yeah. and we'll go from there, I guess. It's like, oh. he, he abided by national law. That's it, yeah. Didn't break any national laws. He's so. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Oh, dear. What I, what, yeah, so I, what I think the national bodies need to do is to invest more time and energy uh, and money into upskilling their own professions uh, mm -hmm. across the board. I, I know for one that the amount of shit courses that you get sponsored concept, uh, sponsored content for on from essa emails is like why are we why are we peddling this these shit courses and encouraging more eps to do these um you know pay hundreds of dollars to go backwards in clinical understanding of the of evidence um, and what are those courses like i don't i don't see too much on the on the essa side 
Oh, like you know, yeah. Don't don't name them, but what what would they teach you? Look, look some, some some of the greatest ones I've seen is like a, a two day course on on broomstick mobility. That's uh, okay. like you know great, or you know fascial lines two day course. Um, mm. Yeah, just similar then, similar to physio. Similar, still yeah. okay. still still pedaling like FMS, FMS, FMS. You know, prevent injury with with doing your FMS things. As, yeah. Okay. Like, all right, you know, can we can we move on from that um, and yeah. some better education? Because yeah. you know, I, I feel like I can look at those emails and look at the the course description and go, no, I don't want to do that because I know what they're going to try and teach me straight away. Yeah. But you get to October and EPs are ready to throw a thousand dollars at whatever um, email they get. Uh, yeah, I imagine the courses course instructors just pay ESSA to have the sponsored um, mm. and there isn't really you know a deep dive into how clinically relevant or how research back the, uh, mm. the courses are mm. but I, I figure this is the same across professions yeah yeah absolutely there's still a lot of like passive therapy courses um, they're probably I don't know you guys can tell me they're less relevant for EPs but like, I know physios still use a lot of passive modalities, so they'd be interested. In it. Like dry needling is a classic. There's still, I'm still surprised at how not not from employers, but I'm still surprised by how many grads come to me and say, "Should I do my dry needling course?" Yeah. Like that's, and and this this is interesting because like I I have no issues with manual therapy, and then I challenge myself and I'm like, I have no issues with manual therapy if used the right way. What's the why would I have a problem with dry needling? This is, this is a question I was chatting with someone about the other day. It's like, if we think soft tissue is okay, provided we use it in the right way, we're not saying it's changing things. We're not saying this is your fix. And it's a bit of short-term pain relief if it is that. then And is it possible that dry needling does the same, but why are we so harsh against dry needling, which I have been too? So just challenging our thoughts on that. One of the answers was the risks. Like there's a higher risk with something like that. That makes sense. Um, so I, I wonder the same, how, how do you guys feel about more passive modalities as an EP? Like, is there any part where they're helpful? Like, like doing the broomstick stuff, would you be sweet with that if it was less and only like two hours of your time and it's like a nice thing to know? Or is it like, we don't need the, that stuff? Personally, like I am all for manual therapy in the right context. Um, and, and that's because I think it feels good. Um, personally, mm -hmm. so and and I would like to have some manual therapy in situations as yeah. well, and I know that it feels good. So why would I? You know, who am I to take that away from people who enjoy doing something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for it, and I think there is definitely a place for it with the right narrative. Um, and if someone has ex expectations of seeing a physio and they go, "Hey, dry needling has felt really good for me in the past when I've had this injury. Can you do some dry needling with me, or can you mm -hmm. do?" send form of passive therapy yeah. um, i think the physio um in that situation you know could do a great job by meeting their expectations there providing them some passive therapy that they want um and then add some good education some movement active-based therapy on top and probably get like awesome outcomes for that person mm. um so uh, look uh, i there are definitely some zealot EPs who are like we should just not be rubbing or touching or needling or doing anything to any people 
I was yeah. like, cool, okay, so never get a massage or never get manual therapy ever again. Yeah. Um, see how you feel. <laughs> There's probably going to be a time in your life when you really wish you didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, you know, if I'm going to a physio or a chiro or whoever, I would expect some things to happen mm. in, in that session and I'd probably be a bit disappointed if it didn't and I'd probably go and find someone who would mm. do those things because like you said it feels good and that's that's kind of what I want to feel walking out from from those sessions we're going to pause it right there with Mick in part two we're going to come back and talk more about advice for new grads and social media so look forward to that and then we've got a part three coming as well see you later